As Gavin Newsom faces a recall out in California, we have basically gotten to the point, folks, where like everyone in California hates Gavin Newsom. Even the liberals and the Democrats hate Gavin Newsom now. It's not looking good for him. I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain whether or not a Republican can actually win this state and how that's possible and what they need to do. And just talk about how this all happened, how the absolutely hilarious collapse of Gavin Newsom's political career happened today on today's podcast. Okay, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Sound of Dow. So today we are talking about the absolute liberal hellhole that I unfortunately happen to live in, which is the state of California. And I thought, you know, in spirit, I got to dress as Californian as possible. Okay, so I got to look like a total hipster. Uh, I'm not wearing shoes, but I should probably get some vans and just put them on the table or something. But that's right. We're talking about the state of California today, guys, because you might have heard uh, about a week ago by now, the recall petition for Governor Gavin Newsom out here has reached the threshold it needs, which is 1.5 million signatures. Now, of course, you could expect that the Democrat Secretary of State out here is going to be doing a, an audit of all of those signatures, right? He's going to check them very carefully. Of course, they, they never check the signatures out here for elections that Democrats win. But of course, as you all know, they're going to be doing a very thorough audit of these signatures. But the lucky thing is the the petition actually has a few weeks until it needs to be turned in. So they're, now they're try, actually trying to get to 2 million signatures because they want to have a, 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 a backup, right, a sort of cushion to get rid of what some signatures, which probably are fraudulent or false, whatever, they want to be able to purge those and still have enough signatures. So considering that they still have a few weeks left to go, I think it's a pretty cer basically certain at this point that even with the signature audit, which you could expect one time from Democrats, you could expect is actually going to be extremely strict. It's basically a guarantee now that the recall election for Governor Gavin Newsom out here is happening. And I figured since I live out here and I guess I sort of like know the local politics a little bit more than most people. And I'm sure most people are actually very curious about this because it's just amazing to watch someone like Gavin Newsom just have an absolute political collapse. I figured I, I should talk about how exactly this happened and why the state of California is, is so pissed at Gavin Newsom because this is this is kind of comical in my opinion but it's also kind of an interesting story because a lot of people sort of view California as the most liberal state in the country and to be honest it's actually not it's very liberal but it's mainly that it's a big state like there's far more we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but I think, first of all, I think this is hilarious and I, I, I'm kind of celebrating this regardless of whether or not the recall actually succeeds because it's pretty clear and we knew this ever since Gavin Newsom became governor, and you guys might have not seen it, but we all saw it, like here in California, that the Democratic, especially considering that Gavin Newsom is like Nancy Pelosi's niece or something like that, the Democratic Party has been hard, like hardcore pushing for Gavin Newsom to be a future Democratic nominee for president, whether that's 2024, 2028, even 2032. It's very clear that the establishment, the establishment Democratic Party has for a long time wanted Newsom to become president at some point okay and that is done that he has screwed himself over and to be honest he was doing okay before coronavirus and even like the first few months of coronavirus at least among democrats right but now that he's facing a recall like as governor that has basically killed his presidential chances you know because it's like how can you run for president when you literally faced a recall as governor this will permanently taint stain his political legacy like forever you know a recall is something so big where it's like it just is not forgotten it cannot be forgotten Cuomo is facing a similar problem because obviously we see Cuomo obviously also someone else that the Democratic establishment has really wanted to run for president for for uh, the last few months and it's going to continue but at least the nursing home scandal he could try to push it under the rug but for Gavin Newsom it's done 
his political career after governor, whether he gets recalled or reelected or not, regardless, after the governorship, I would argue that unless he wants to run for senator, maybe he could become senator of California. But in terms of running for president or anything higher like that, his political career, folks, is is over. I mean, it's it's done. He's never being president now. And it's 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 pretty astounding. It's been pretty astounding to watch his entire political career basically collapse on its face in the span of a few months. Can't say I feel bad for the guy. But I, I would say that is the biggest... This, that's why this recall election has such big national implications because... We are talking about someone who the Democratic establishment strongly, strongly wanted to be a nominee at some point, and that's out of the picture now. And obviously, this will probably have some implications. It'll give energy to conservatives in other blue states, whether they're light blue or dark blue states, to energize. Maybe if other states have recalls, recall them too, et cetera, et cetera. But let's talk about how this all happened, okay? Because in California, we are now at a state where liberals are also, even the liberals, even a lot of the Democrats, many of them are also pissed off at Gavin Newsom. And you might be wondering, like, why the hell did that happen? And this is, this is a pretty hilarious story, so I wanted to tell it, you know. Because the thing is, obviously, Republicans have, like, you only need 1.5 million signatures, right, for a recall petition. And Republican voters out here are, lar- there's enough of them. Like, Republican voters do have the numbers themselves to get a recall petition going. If, like, they all signed it, they could get it pretty easily. But obviously, that's not the case, right? And with most recall, in this recall petition, ultimately, it's a mo- still a mostly Republican thing. But the Republicans have been trying to do it for a while. But now this is sort of a fight that I would say, like, 30 to 40 percent of even liberals and Democrats in this state now more or less seem to support and it really boils down to this this is how it all happened which is gavin newsom to put it simply pissed off way too many people in this state like we are now at a point in the state of california where he pissed off everyone he made way too many enemies okay we know from the day he took office the conservatives the republicans they didn't like him right they didn't like him but over the last few years, right, it's just the homelessness problem and, and the, the cost of living and the taxes, everything has just gone up here in the state of California, right? There has been popular discontent among a lot of people in the middle and even some, even some liberals about just how much it sucks to live in the state. But then it really started to get turned on Newsom, I would say. Like that, that, so there always has been this little like populist sort of sense of discontent with the Democratic establishment here. But under covid that is when Gavin Newsom really, truly collapsed, right? And in the beginning, he got the COVID boost that every politician got where the media absolutely rides them, sucks them off, and is like, oh my God, look at all these wonderful press conferences he's doing, right? But, but then you see, as you can expect, as many of you guys all know, California has like basically some of the strictest rules on the operation of small businesses like restaurants, barbershops, nail salons, right, in the country. And that is at the point where he started to really anger the small business owners. He said something about like nail salons and how they are contributing to the spread of coronavirus and basically tried to go after them. And that pissed off a lot of the Vietnamese community in places like Orange County and Southern California in this state. And in general, Restaurant owners, barbershop owners, small business owners, many of whom might be conservative, might even be liberal, or mostly probably just are non-political, suddenly the politics came to them. And it came to them in a way that painted Gavin Newsom in a negative light, right? Now all these small business owners, many of whom were probably apathetic to politics before, are getting their lives absolutely crushed and their livelihoods absolutely crushed and destroyed by Gavin Newsom. And many of them are simply not having it. So now you have all these people signing the recall petition, all these people who plan to vote yes in the recall. 
And then, folks, this is the point where I, I really it's, – it's almost hilarious that it happened. But honestly, Gavin Newsom absolutely deserves it. So – and it, it tells you a lot about the state of California that this only started ever after Biden was inaugurated. Like before Biden was inaugurated, all of the school parents here – not all of them, obviously. You know, we have our conservative parents. But most of the parents here of, of school-age children – we're sort of fine with a concept of online school, and I'm talking generally here, right? But I've noticed very strongly that ever since Biden has taken office, parents across the state, like in very large numbers, are suddenly now furiously demanding that the kids go back to school. Like even here in LA, and that's LA. LA is where like every people literally wear masks when they're walking outside alone by themselves. Like that's how scared people are of COVID here. Even here in LA, you are you are seeing massive rallies and massive pushes by parents to open the schools, right? And so this is putting a lot of pressure on Gavin Newsom because many are blaming these school closures, and it, it's, it's true, on Gavin Newsom himself. And it, it, it kind of pisses me off, you know, because it's like to the people of state of California, the parents of the state of California, it's like, okay, we weren't even joking when you said you guys are going to magically think COVID is gone or magically stop being so scared and paranoid of COVID once Biden takes office. Because as soon as Biden takes office, all the people out here are like, open the schools, open. The I mean, I guess it's better late than never, but it's kind of like, what the hell? Where was this energy on November 3rd? Where was this energy last November, right? How come suddenly now, and by the way, COVID is like worse now. It's like worse than it was in November. How come suddenly now you guys are so anxious to reopen the schools? It's like, okay, we, we all know what's going on here, but it's better late. Like I said, it's better late than never, right? But you are seeing very, it's it, a lot of political pressure because of all these parents. And listen, these, these parents, if Newsom doesn't do something, these parents are going to show up in the recall too. There's a lot of political pressure now being put on Newsom by school parents, and like that's a lot of people, um, on the governor to reopen the schools. And obviously, like I said, this small business owners, parents, these were demographics that, you know, they have a mix of political beliefs. Many are just non-political. But these are demographics that generally were not as involved in politics before as like, as like a whole, that now their lives are personally affected by poor liberal policy. And now they're pissed off at it too. But this is where I think it gets really funny. So... In response to the insane political pressure by parents to open the schools, Gavin Newsom, the governor, is now basically giving money to school districts to try to get them to reopen. Like he said something like you get a certain thousand uh, number of dollars for every kid you send back to school. Right. So now Newsom, in response to the political pressure being put on him, is now putting a lot of political pressure on school districts to reopen. Now, this may come as a surprise to no one, but guess what? The school districts don't want to reopen. OK, the school districts don't want to reopen, especially the teachers unions and here in like in L.A., for instance, the whole school district is basically controlled by the teachers union. Like the teachers union has like unlimited power here. Right. OK, so now guess what? Now, not only are the school parents mad at Gavin Newsom for not reopening the schools, but now that Gavin Newsom is trying to reopen the schools, these school districts themselves, especially the ones controlled heavily by the teachers unions, are now mad at Gavin Newsom as well because they don't want to reopen. So this is this is and you know this is just perfect this is perfect circumstance for a recall, right? Because you have two people on two entities on totally opposite sides of the aisle. Reopen schools, don't open schools. 
that are both bat- mad at Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom obviously is trying to play both sides and in, in, in that process has made enemies out of both sides. Now you have like the teachers unions out here ferociously trying to push back. I, I think LAUSD and a lot of other school districts out here are now suing the governor and trying to stop the governor from reopening. So now not only has he made enemies with the parents, but he's also made enemies with the teachers and the administrators in, in the school district and all those people who also work, who also vote and also have unions and stuff that have enormous power in voting, okay? So long story short, you guys get it. He's made enemies with basically most people in the state. Now, there are a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats that still approve of him, uh, you know, to some degree, but he's one of those establishment politicians to where nobody is really truly enthusiastic about him. It's just some people, like, reluctantly approve of him, right? Like, I guess Nancy Pelosi, uh, a lot of Democrats reluctantly, you know, are fine with her. Mitch McConnell, a lot of, although we should probably start changing the tide on that. I've actually been saying that for a while. But, you know, Mitch McConnell, a lot of Republicans are like, oh, fine, right? I guess that's the way people view Gavin Newsom. Now, I guess the question of can Gavin Newsom actually get recalled because, you know, getting a petition and actually winning 51% on a, on a ballot is much different, right? But the interesting thing I think about a recall election is it actually favors the governor getting recalled because think about it. A recall election is sort of a weird election, right? But I would think that nobody enthusiastically supports Gavin Newsom, right? People are just like, okay, Gavin Newsom's all right. They're not super energetic. They're not super enthusiastic about supporting him. Whereas the people who are against Gavin Newsom, the people who hate Gavin Newsom, they very enthusiastically and very energetically hate Gavin Newsom, right? And I think you might see this in the voter turnout, right? I, I, I don't know the history of recall elections in the state, although I know back in like 2003 or something, we actually did manage to recall a governor. So it's not, it wouldn't be the first time California recalled someone, right? But I would expect that just by the nature of a recall election, it's, it's sort of a case of the squeakiest uh, wheel gets the oil, right? Only the people, because nobody enthusiastically is going to come out and defend Gavin Newsom, but people will enthusiastically come out and attack him, right? On- I would think only the people who are super enthusiastic one way or another would show up to vote in something like a recall. Like, who wants to vote in a recall election? And obviously that favors the recall people, right? Because the people who want to recall Newsom have the edge here. And I- we'll see how it turns out. And I guess next comes the question of who's going to replace Gavin Newsom. A lot of people are like, you know, the recall effort is a bad idea because, shoot, another Democrat is just going to replace him. That Democrat might even be even worse. And, you know, that's probably what's going to happen, like, more likely than not. I mean, we all hope for a Republican to win, but ultimately it's more likely than not that some other Democrat will just replace him. But let's assess the, 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 the chances, right? What chance does a Republican actually have of winning in the state of California, okay? Here's what I think. We haven't really tried anything like this yet, but I think it actually is possible if you pick the right person for a Republican to win the state of California. But the thing is, they cannot be a super conservative Republican, right? They can't, they, they can't be Trump, you know? Like, obviously, they, they, they have to be sort of a moderate. They basically have to be a rhino. I mean, let's, let's just be blatant, blatant and blunt about it. They have to be a rhino in order to win this state. You, you can't win the state without it. So a lot of people talk, you might remember the name Travis Allen, right? A lot of people want Travis, wanted Travis Allen to run for governor, be the no- Republican nominee for governor in 2018. He's a super principled, hardline conservative. I'm going to say no, you know, that because I would prefer, obviously, I would want Travis Allen to be my governor, but realistically speaking, someone that conservative cannot run for governor. I think what you'd have to have is a very moderate center of the road Republican who has enough likability and enough like name recognition to actually do it. Because the thing is, it's not impossible for a Republican to win 
a governorship in a blue state like California. But the thing is, the Republican basically can't be a Republican. They have to be democrat light, right? Like, Larry, look at Larry Hogan, Republican governor of Maryland, right? Maryland, the state of Maryland went to uh, Biden by, like, I think it was 30 points or something like that. But still, they have a Republican governor because the Republican governor is a total rhino. Same thing with the state of Massachusetts, right? A state that actually has a Republican governor. And it's like... These are not the ideal people you would want as governors, but they are better than Democrats in the state, right? So if you're going to choose practically like what, what you would prefer, you would prefer someone like Larry Hogan over someone like Gavin Newsom, although neither are great. The best solution is probably just to move to Texas or Florida, and I, probably, I might be doing that soon. Um, but like if you're living in the state, that's who you want, right? Now the question is like who can be our Larry Hogan or our Charlie Baker, right? Who, who is that person in the state of California? I've had a hard time like finding someone because it's like, Either they have name recognition and they're too conservative or they're basically the right, like they're moderate enough, but they don't have the name recognition. But I think the perfect candidate we have is a former mayor of San Diego, right? And his name is Kevin Faulkner. So let me explain why. So first of all, he is the mayor of San Diego, right? San Diego is like the third most recognized uh, city in the state. It's a large city, right, behind Los Angeles and San Francisco, right? So he's the former mayor of, of, of a big-name city, right? He's not the mayor of Bakersfield or Riverside, if you don't know. Those are, like, p places in California that are very conservative, but they're basically, like, not a lot of people live there, right? We're talking. This is the guy of a major city in California. By the way, a city in California that a lot of people like, a lot of people like going to because it's like clean and it's a nice, actually, a nice city to be in. So there's, there's like sort of that connotation, like, hey, San Diego is a good place, right? Um, and he's the mayor of just somewhere that's recognized. Like, it's not this guy comes from nowhere, right? He, he has he has some clout to him, right? He has some recognition to him. And 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 now, by the way, also San Diego, a, a city that. Leans like blue red, but it's a lean district. It's sort of a swing district. I guess it leans blue a little bit nowadays, but not like by a larger margin. So we're also talking about like a moderate place, right? This is a moderate place that that someone from there could like win like, the state of California ultimately like as a whole. And that's why I would say this guy is the best shot that a Republican has of winning the state of California. He would do a much better job than a lot of the other Democrats. I don't think he'd be perfect as governor, but like honestly, in a state like this, this state. All you basically want and all you basically you can hope for is for some Republican to be governor just so they could obstruct the Democrat agenda, right? They won't actually get anything of importance or substance done themselves, but at least they can stop the Democrats a little bit from doing what the Democrats are trying to do, right? So that, that's ultimately what you would want. That's ultimately who you could have. And to be honest, it's not a great shot, but I do think someone like Kevin Falconer, if I'm saying that name correctly, um, actually does have a shot at winning this state because he, he's like the Larry Hogan, right? He's like the Charlie Baker. It would be a close election, but I think this is probably the best case scenario because if Gavin Newsom gets recalled, there's going to be a recall election, and a recall election is basically basically like a jungle primary almost. Like They just put everyone on the ballot. There's no primary process, and to be honest, there's probably going to be a Republican civil war because the a super conservative Republican is going to try to run and a super moderate and they're just going to divide the Republican vote and just cannibalize themselves and let whatever the Democrats choose into office. So I think the best case scenario is this for a Republican to actually win the governorship here. I would say the best case scenario is that Gavin Newsom survives recall, but very narrowly. Okay. And let me tell you why this is. So let's say Gavin Newsom survives his recall, but it's by like only a little bit. Like everyone's like, wow, that was really close. Like that was that like that shows like this state is actually sort of trending in a look kind of like a conservative direction. Like it, 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 so that's a sign, right? It's a sign 
it, it, it's a sign that conservatives and Republicans in the state need to be energized. It's like, hey, we actually have a shot at something here. It's also a sign to a lot of people in the middle that just think with sheep mentality that like, huh. So the people actually say this Gavin Newsom guy is not very good, right? You know, they're just the brainless sheep. Um, but Gavin Newsom very narrowly stays in office. Now come 2022, and this is the thing. If Gavin Newsom gets replaced with some other Democrat, that other Democrat will be more popular than Gavin Newsom. That's why I want to keep this basic because Gavin Newsom right now, I wouldn't say he's a lame duck, but among a lot of people, he basically is becoming a lame duck. You almost have this lame duck governorship thing going on, right? So come 2022, we, let's say we run Kevin Faulkner, he becomes the, the Republican nominee for governor, right? So it's a one-on-one -on -one election. You don't have to deal with this jungle primary recall nonsense where someone random can get into office, right? It's Gavin Newsom versus Kevin Faulkner. Kevin Faulkner, mayor of San Diego, right, the, the, the type of Republican I talked about that actually has some chance to win, but it's versus Gavin Newsom, not versus some other Democrat, because Gavin Newsom himself, as you can see by the fact that he's getting recalled in this state, Gavin Newsom himself is a Democrat specifically that is very unpopular, okay? So we have that right type of rhino moderate Republican running against a very unpopular Democrat. In that case, I would say that also just narrowly got recalled. So all the Republicans out here have a lot of energy and they're like, hey guys, we can do this. Okay, we can do this. This has a shot. I would say that's the best chance you have at a Republican upsetting a Democrat and becoming governor of the state, okay? And that's who I would endorse. So if you want, you live in California and wondering who to vote for, I endorse Kevin Faulkner. Like that's, that's my endorsement. Not because I think he's the perfect conservative, but because I think you have to be practical living in a state like this, okay? And to be honest, I think you have a better, she might have a better shot than you might think, okay? Because there's no secret that the people out here, they, they hate, they hate Trump a lot. They hate Trump a lot and they have views of the, very negative views of the words Republican and conservative, right? But the other thing about the state is really weird is that we see I, Cal, voters in California actually have a little bit of an identity crisis going on here, right? Because they're not as liberal as they vote in terms of candidates. Because here in California, we have ballot propositions, right? It's like you don't vote for a candidate, you vote for a certain proposition. And time and time again, when it comes to ballot propositions, we find that the people of the state of California are actually much more socially conservative than you would think, and especially in other states. Like, you saw Oregon, right? They, they, they did a ballot proposition there to basically decriminalize hard drugs, and it's like they voted yes, and it's like, okay, that makes sense, all right? That's consistent with the way they vote in terms of politicians. But out here, we all vote, as you can expect, for all the far-left Democrat politicians. But here in 2020, right, we rejected basically every single progressive ballot measure on the ballot, right? To bring back affirmative action, Denied, rejected, you know, get rid of cash bail, like all these different ballot propositions that you would think that the people of the state of California would, would, would vote for because they're very liberal ballot propositions. We voted conservative, okay? So in terms of policy, you find that ideologically the people of this state, I don't want to say conservative, but are much more moderate ideologically than you might realize and much more moderate definitely than Gavin Newsom, okay? And then a perfect example of this, in 2016, there was a ballot proposition to get rid of the death penalty in California. And the people of California actually voted to keep the death penalty. Okay? They voted to keep it. And you might be surprised. Like, California, really? The super liberal state? No. We voted to keep the death penalty. Of course, voted for Hillary Clinton. We voted for Gavin Newsom again in, you know, in 2018. And Gavin Newsom himself, once he became governor, put a freeze, uh, a halt on all executions in the state. Right? So he ended the death penalty effectively in California. And the people in California voted for Gavin Newsom, 
But when actually asked a specific question, what are your thoughts on the death penalty? The people of the state voted that they were actually in support of the death penalty, right? So this is what I'm saying. It's a liberal state, yes. In terms of policy, I mean, in terms of politicians, they vote super, super Democrat, okay? Like hard down the ballot D. But when it comes to the actual ideas, right? The, the, the ideological foundations of these voters out here, much more conservative, much more moderate than voters in most other blue states, right? And I think that's something that Republicans in the state, if they want to win, could actually try to use to their advantage, especially when you consider the fact that the recall Newsom effort and, you know, the unpopularity around Gavin Newsom, that is making a lot of Californians, as you could expect, right? That is obviously, as you can expect, starting and going to make a lot of Californians start to question sort of their uh, th their party loyalty, their blind loyalty to Democrats a lot because they, they hate Gavin Newsom. Everyone here hates Gavin Newsom or just, just doesn't like him a lot, right? But... They know he's a Democrat, right? And so they hate this person, and he's on the ballot in 2022, and he's running against a Republican. There are a lot of people, I feel, and the Republican has distanced himself from Trump, which the, the, the people out here just hate for some irrational reason, right? I think it is possible. It will not be easy. It's not the most likely scenario. But I do want to say that I think it is possible, especially, you know, how far left the state has gone. By the way, a lot of voters in the state that are liberal Democrats still think that the state is going too far to the left. Like, even the liberals out here think that. They still won't vote for a Republican, but maybe we can get that to change if we run the right Republican. Not ideal, not super conservative, but you take what you can get. It's California, right? So, anyways, hope hope this was uh, insightful for all of you, give you a little update on, on the recall petition, how it happened, and, like, you know, what, what are the chances of Republican winning out here? Um... But before you guys go, I want to let you guys know tomorrow I will be speaking at a, at a Turning Point USA chapter or as a Zoom event, a, a Turning Point USA chapter in a, for Apollo Ridge High School, which is in Pennsylvania. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's going to be an open event. I'm going to link the Zoom link. Hopefully, I think so. I'm going to link the Zoom link down in my description. It's going to be take place tomorrow, Friday, uh, February 28th at... 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you guys want to come watch my speech, show, show your support, show up, uh, feel free to. All right, but anyways, I will see you guys next time. And remember, until then, alpha moves only. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Peace.